What is a power of attorney and how is it different to an enduring guardianship? What should we tell our clients about responsible estate planning? You are listening to Australia's tax news podcast, Tax Talks, the podcast for Australian tax professionals. Welcome to episode 135 of Tax Talks. This is Heide Robson and thank you to Klaas for sponsoring this episode. Today is our last talk with Peter Bobin of Argelois in this series of five episodes Peter covered. I asked Peter whether he could please explain the role and difference between powers of attorney and guardianship, and he kindly said yes. Hi, Peter Bobbin here, and I'm wanting to talk to you about the power of attorney and the importance of it. What is a power of attorney? Power of attorney, well, first of all, it's state or territory-based legislation. This varies across Australia. Know that. It actually varies across Australia. So the primary power of attorney that needs to be put in place is that state or territory in which the person lives, where they're domiciled. And if they change domicile, they move from my state of New South Wales to the sunshine state of Queensland, it's really important update your power of attorney because then now the person has become a Queenslander. Make sure you put in place an updated Queensland power of attorney. So when you move from state to state, the power of attorney loses its validity? The reason for this is not because the power of attorney will lose its validity. The Attorney Generals and all of the states and territories will identify and respect a power of attorney of another jurisdiction. Of course, this emphasises Australia as a federation I'll just make that comment to emphasise it. If we have someone who has a New South Wales power of attorney properly created, properly executed at the time when they were a resident, moved to Queensland and they don't bother getting an updated one, it doesn't mean the New South Wales one is invalid. It just means, gee, it's really clunky. And I'm saying that's true. It will become really quite clunky. First tip here is understand powers of attorney, similarly enduring guardian, It's all state or territory-based. What form should be employed and applied? It depends where the person lives, where they're domiciled. That should certainly be the case. Is it appropriate to have more than one power of attorney to cover the various states and territories of Australia? It's not unreasonable to take the conservative view. If I, as a New South Wales Welshman living in New South Wales, held lots of beneficial real estate in Queensland or Victoria, for example... I would actually have a power of attorney that was designed and compliant with the Queensland or Victorian law. Why? Because it's all about ease administration. Ease administration affords confidence and helps to reduce cost. So first thing about enduring powers of attorney, state-based, state and territory-based, get it right. Second thing is, well, what is this thing about? Well, It's about, according to legislation, a person giving the power to another person, their attorney, to step into the shoes of the first and do things with what they own and what rights and entitlements they have. That's what a power of attorney does. Is it just a power of attorney? No. From an estate planning perspective, it's an enduring power of attorney. If I'm travelling overseas, I may want to give a power of attorney to trusted friend, 
trusted professional, trusted re- relationship, uh, relative, to enable them to deal with land dealings, for example. That's your standard or general power of attorney. But from an estate planning perspective, just as I do a will to make sure that in the event of my death, my personal wishes are carried out, and just as I am very keen to see my partner in life also to do a will, because frankly, my personal future succession and protection really depends not on my will, but it depends on the will of the person with whom I share most of my life. So there's another tip for you. Succession planning is less about me and more about the other people in my sphere. But the other part of succession planning is being able to cope with a disability, being able to cope with the sad incidents of Alzheimer's or dementia, being able to cope with an accident where there's a coma or some other disabling character. So I'm not dead. That's why you need an enduring power of attorney. As the phrase implies, enduring power of attorney, it is an ordinary power of attorney, but it endures. You see, your standard rule is that an ordinary power of attorney ends at that disabling event, ends at that coma, ends at that accident, ends at that medical determination of dementia. But an enduring power of attorney endures past that event. That's why from an estate planning perspective, the most important thing to have in place is an enduring power of attorney. And again, I express the view that estate planning, frankly, the better way to approach estate planning is what has someone else done or not done such that if it happens to them, it'll impact upon you. So yes, I... It's appropriate that I've got a will in place. And yes, it's appropriate I've got enduring power of attorney in place. But do you know what's more important is that my wife has a will in place and that my wife has an enduring power of attorney because if my wife has assets upon which we both rely and she doesn't have an enduring power of attorney in place and there's an accident, both she and I are affected. Do you see why it's important that part of succession planning, estate planning, is about really focusing on everybody around the individual as well as the individual themselves. So power of attorney, really important part of estate planning. Make sure it's an enduring power of attorney. Make sure it's not merely for the individual, but it's actually for the people that surround the individual who might also be affected. Do understand that power of attorney only operates predominantly, I should say, only operates during lifetime of the person who's given that power. So only predominantly, it doesn't end the moment the person dies? When I say, now when I say predominantly, there are rare occasions where power of attorney can survive death. They're actually quite rare powers of attorney. They're very specific. They have to be given for valuable consideration. So what context might they exist? Commonly, you may find a power of attorney that survives even death to apply where a transaction is occurring and the completion of the transaction does not want to be held up because the particular vendor commonly has died. So it's a very rare event. It's so rare that I really don't want to confuse anybody by spending too much time on it. The most general common rule for all powers of attorney, especially and including enduring powers of attorney, is that it will end with the death of the individual. So I said enduring power of attorney is important, so too is enduring guardianship. Enduring power of attorney deals with the assets, the money, the wealth. Enduring guardianship, that actually deals with the medical decisions. So I'd, I would encourage that when you're looking at that estate planning, that not only do you encourage 
the person around you, perhaps you yourself, to have in place a solid, practical, enduring power of attorney, but you also have an enduring guardianship to enable people to be able to make themselves into the lawful position to make medical decisions. By the way, in respect of both of those, I recommend that they're cascaded. What do I mean by that? Well, if I give a power of attorney to my wife and only my wife and we're in the same car accident and she's dead and I'm disabled, frankly, that power of attorney is useless because it's only to her. Cascade it. Put in alternates. And I suggest you it's appropriate to really cascade it to two or three or four levels. Consider having multiple people involved. It's an important document. It's an essential part of proper estate planning, the power of attorney, enduring power of attorney. And when you're going through that, encourage the enduring guardianship. It's just undertaking good estate planning. Thanks very much for your time. Welcome back. So power of attorney is about assets and guardianship is about health. And both end with death and then the executor takes over. In the next episode, episode 136, Andrew Henshaw of Velocity Legal will talk about tax disputes with the ATO, how to avoid them and how to manage them when you can't avoid them. Until then, thank you for listening and thank you to Klaas for their support. Bye for now and see you in the next episode.